0: Hello and welcome to Fulham Focus. This is going to be our season's very first podcast for this inaugural season of Fulham and welcome back into the Premier League. Joining me tonight is going to be Matt Dom. Hi, Tom. And our special guest is going to be Danny Boy. Oh y'all. Yeah. right, guys, so let's just jump right into the transfers. Let's talk about our very first and only transfer, really, since our last podcast, and that's going to be Alfie uh, Mawson. I'm not too thrilled about this. I can't say it's any different than really Ream. Um, I was really hoping for something completely different. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I think it was unlikely for Slav to go for a, a, a big lump of a centre back. You know, that's just not his style. Morsen really fits with the way we like to play. Uh, he's he's in the mould of a Stavisa centre back, which is you know good vision, great passing range. He, he's 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 quite strong as well, um, but he, he's used to the league already. And um, I think he was by far the pick of the relegated teams. You know, I, I don't think you necessarily need big man, small man, centre back partnership to to do the job. If he if a player's tall and can can play football, then that's one thing. But the way we like to play with that, you know, high risk, high reward kind of playing out from the back style, uh, I think Mawson will fit right in.
0: Well, Danny, I haven't really seen this player. I, have, I don't know if you've seen him at all. Has he got anything different to offer other than what Reem has been offering us? Has he got better speed? Has he got better uh, you know, aerial headers? Do you know anything about him?
2: Got to be honest. I mean, I was drafted into this podcast, at like an emergency last-minute thing. Since we was in the championship, I've not studied the Premier League at all. So I didn't even know who he was. So that's a good start to the podcast, isn't it? I, I didn't even have a clue who he was when we were I living. didn't either. I've got to be honest, Uh, what I will say is the way we play, we're we're obviously not going to change our style and I think it's very limited in terms of who we can bring in to suit our style that he's going to want to come to us in the Premier League. You know, if you look at Championship defenders that fitted the way we played, there wasn't many others other than Reem. We were very lucky to have Reem in the end, the, the way he grew into the style. I don't think there was another defender in the division that could have done what he did. Uh, so you're you, you now looking, don't matter how much money you throw at it, realistically, the players that can play the way we play that are at the top end of their game aren't going to want to come to a newly promoted team. So you are looking at the best of the rest. And this Mawson has got a reputation. You know, I've seen a few things on Twitter, videos of, of the, the long balls he can do, which I think I think could suit us in the end because we're not going to you know, I don't think we're going to be able to draw teams onto us the way we did in the Championship. I think we're going to have to change it slightly. I don't think we're going to have as much of the ball as what we did in the Championship, because teams are obviously better. They're better at pressing us. So I think we're going to have to be quicker in possession. And what he does have in his locker is, is he has them 50-yard passes to switch the play out to the wings. And we've obviously got pace on the wings with the likes of Kamara, Sherla and uh, um, Sessignon. So i think I think it it could be a shrewd little bit of business i'm I'm pleased it was fifteen million and not the initial twenty five uh but a bit disappointing that he's he's injured for the start of the season uh, that, I think that, that's, that's a big I thing
0: I think that's a big thing is sadly, you know Fulham has done this again we've We've done this in the past. We brought another player in four year deal, fifteen million, and he's injured. and that leads us to the next rumor uh from Arsenal it looks like, and this is kind of a surprise that we could be in for, Callum Chambers. Matt, have you seen this guy play? Any thoughts on him?
1: Yeah. uh, I've got uh, one of my best mates is an Arsenal fan, and um, he's quite disappointed that they're going to let him go, uh, even though it is only a season alone. Um, But he thinks of the centre-back options they've got, um, he'd like to see him start uh, because there's something about him, and I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, You look at uh, sort of Arsenal fans on on Twitter and blogs and things, and it, it's a bit mixed. Some seem to, you know, be questioning well, why would you let this twenty three year old uh, centre back who can play football, he's got good vision, you know, he needs a run of games. Why would you let him go when your your other option is Strohdam Mustafi? Um, and if you've got others who who uh, don't rate him at all, so it's interesting. Um, I'm I'm pretty pleased if we bring him in. For, for if for no other reason then it might mean we don't see Dennis Sadoy start. Um, you know I I love the bloke he's he seems like a lovely fella, but I don't think he's good enough in the championship and he's certainly not going to be good enough in the Premier League. I, I
0: think a lot of people would agree with you there. And so my thing is this I agree it is completely weird if you read everything online about what the fans are saying that this is really strange that we are actually maybe going to get this and it being Monday this deal could be done tomorrow. So Don't be surprised, guys, if you wake up and they're announcing that Chambers has come in. But again, it's a little weird for me, especially since what I was reading, the management at Arsenal, they thought this guy was going to be, or they were saying that he was going to be a key to their success for this upcoming season. So strange that they would let him be. As far as any other rumors out there, I really wish we had some strong rumors for a striker to come in, a a, a completely different plan B to uh, Mitrovic. I know that Matt would love to have a like-for-like like come in if we were to bring in another striker. We still haven't really dealt with the left-back or right-back. Is there anybody else out there that you guys have heard of maybe coming in as a position? Matt, wasn't there somebody uh, for the midfield, I think?
1: Uh, yeah, well, there's um, Joshua Kilavigi, I think. No, don't even was. try the name. You know, <laughs> I'm the
0: worst with names. I'm the worst with names, so just
2: leave it be. Oh, you know, oh, oh, oh,
1: you know I was the way a bit he's...
2: upset then. I was a bit upset then that they uh, skipped me out, but I'm glad he did to pronounce that one.
1: <laughs> he's um, it's an interesting one because it's it sort of it's popped up a few times in July. Um, plays for Wolfsburg, I think. Uh, it's sort of quite a big defensive midfielder, and it's a position where we, I think, we need some cover. I don't know a lot about him other than I think he he got a bad injury uh, a couple of years ago and didn't come back for over a year. But to be honest, in the, in the incoming front, that's, that's the only one I've really uh, paid much attention to recently.
0: I could be wrong, but uh, so what you're saying is cover for like K-Mac. Yeah, that, I think you know, that's one of the weak weak spots. I guess Johansson isn't really going to be the cover for that you're thinking, uh
1: No, no, he's, he's much more of a uh, sort of box-to-box player. We need someone who can break up the attack uh, yeah. and you know
0: and I think that's going to be a key we're going to go, come back to that when it comes to the Palace uh, preview I think what you're getting ready to talk about is going to be a key thing that I really want to uh, touch on so real quick Danny any other rumors you might know about
2: No I mean I mean touching on the ones you've already spoken about um I think defensive midfield is key to bring in someone at least as good as McDonald if not slightly better because I think out of the the three, no, four midfielders we currently got: Siri, Kearney, Johansson, and McDonald. I think McDonald physically is going to struggle the most. I think it's going to be uh, a lot more demanding on him to keep up with the pace. So I, I just can't see it, him playing as many minutes as he did in the championship, even though it's less games. Uh, so I think we are going to need someone, at least, to rotate with him. Right. Uh, the Chambers, the Chambers one is 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 a smart move by for them. Because one, he can play football. Two, his, you know, predominant position is centre-half. But he hasn't had the most convincing of careers where he's going to come in and demand to play every single game. So I think it's a good little, good little competition going on there between Ream, Mawson and uh, Chambers. And let's not forget that Mawson and Chambers play together. I think it was for the under-21s for England. It might have been a, a younger age group than that. So they're used to playing to, um, in the same team. And Mawson also played on the left for uh, Swansea, so I don't think Ream Room, uh, Room, I don't think Ream is home and host to to start. You know, I, I think he will start the season, but if he has a bit of a blip, I think he's under as much pressure as the others are. You know, I, I, I thought initially that Le Marchand would be uh, the obvious choice to as backup for Ream, but I'm not so sure. You know, if Ream has a bad start, we could end up seeing a partnership of Mawson on the left and Chambers on the right. Chambers can also play right back. He can also play holding midfielder. Um, apparently, apparently, uh, some Arsenal fans think that would be his strongest position because defensively he's not the greatest, but he can play. You know, he can play ball. So I, I think he he sort of answers a lot of questions in one signing. And I think he, in a way, he'll make the squad seem a lot bigger than what it is because at the moment it feels like we need four signings. But if we sign him, possibly only need another couple definitely need a left back bloody hell hurry up matt target <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know everybody wants that to come in and and i hope it does happen but correct me if i'm not uh, mistaken it was you or somebody i was talking to was telling me that it's up to like 14 million possibly 17
2: yeah well that's that's what i read earlier that it was um that we'd obviously had to that's go in for I think the last bit yeah. was twelve, wasn't it?
1: Seventeen's so, making me itch a little bit. I'll be honest. I think that might yeah, be a bit too much when you consider Luca Dean went to Everton for about twenty million. I think. <sighs> um, yeah, but then
2: that that lad that went to Everton from Watford, I'd never oh. heard of him. I thought it was Kieran Richardson at first. <laughs> Fifty million? No, mate. Sorry. So I think we're at that stage of the season now where we're desperate. You know, if if we was to um, Call their bluff and end up saying now uh, walk away, and not sign a left back or sign one not as good as Target. I think we'd be doing a lot of damage to our team because it is a a massive weak link at the moment. Uh, but yeah, badly need a left back, badly need a defensive midfielder, need a, need more cover for Mawson uh, and Christie. So someone like Chambers is ideal, and obviously a striker. I'd go for a like for like striker because I think we've got alternative options in the squad if you wanted to change it up front. But if Mitrovic was to get injured long term, I think we'd need someone like him so that we wouldn't have to alter the game.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Because we, we've we've right. seen we've seen Cabano playing in preseason a bit and he's done all right. Um font, you know, there's there's no saying if he's gonna make it at this level or not. And aside from that, I mean we're we're really short of, of options up front. And it's kind of that Mitrovic type striker, whether it's Mitrovic or someone else, that was the, the missing link from our team last season. We went from missing every chance uh, to after games always saying, "Oh, well, we dominated them. Why didn't we win?" Mitrovic comes in, bangs them in, and that's the missing link. So we need someone like that. I think.
2: I agree with that.
0: Okay, gentlemen, I really want to move on because we've got this new format that we're going to try out this year for our pod quiz, or I mean our, our podcast, and. I'm going to leave my one last thought for everyone to think about out there when it comes to the transfers, okay? One last thought is this. Have the Premier League shot themselves in the foot and hurt themselves detrimentally by closing the window earlier than anybody else in Europe? And to me, the answer is yes. But you guys think about it. Maybe we should be discussing this on Twitter because I still think there's too much business to be done and the window's already closing. you, You got one more comment. Go ahead.
2: I I think the sentiment is right because I think uh, closing it three or four games into the season plays into the hands of the big clubs. Because if a little club starts off well, like Fulham, and uh, say Ream as an absolute um, amazing start to the season, a bit like Moussa Dembele did uh, all those years ago. I think it's easy for a club like Tottenham to come in and say, well, we haven't started well. We haven't done our business early. Let's just uh, nick him off them it will definitely come to us because we're a bigger club. So I think it's fair to cut it before the season starts. But with the World Cup, it kind of made it too much of a rush, rush, especially for a club like us that had just come up through the playoffs. I mean, we we had less time than anyone to do the business we've done. Uh, And the fact that everyone in Europe doesn't do it until the end of the window. Yeah, I mean, you're going to end up with a situation where you either lose a player and you're a player short at the end of August because a club like Barcelona have come in for him or you say no and you're left with a player for six months that doesn't want to be there so yeah I I do think that they, the timing to do it in this window was a bit weird
0: I guess for me my thing is I just wish it was the same date throughout Europe that well, I agree yeah. it should be done before the games start and that way you can't have a big club just come in and come poaching off you All right, with that, we're going to move on to the next segment of our podcast. We're going to start doing each week a quiz, and we are going to have a quiz where the co-hosts go head-to-head. Now, generally, my co-host would not know these questions. (laughs) I'm assuming that Danny has seen these questions. Now, I've just gotten them, so I haven't seen these. So I'm going to let Danny ask these questions, and I'm going to go head-to-head with Matt. So, Danny, if you want to roll through these questions real quick, Let's let's see what we got.
2: Okie doke. Well, well, I should know the answers because I'm the one that made the quiz. So let's see how you do. Two sets, guys. I just got to blow it up. I didn't realise she was going to do that. <laughs> 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 okay. So as 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 uh, Don explained, we're going to do a quiz every week. Uh, the quiz is going to be based on Fulham against the next opponents. So our next opponents are Crystal Palace. So, here's your five questions. You ready, guys? Got your pen and paper ready? Yep. Okie doke Question one. Who provided the assist for Kasami's wonder goal at Selhurst Park? Who provided the assist for Kasami's wonder goal at Selhurst Park? Question two. Right. Find the odd one out. These four all play for both clubs. Three of them also scored for both. One of them didn't. Chris Coleman, Breda Hangland, Kit Simons, Wayne Routledge. So find the odd one out. These four all played for both clubs. Three of them also scored for both. Which one didn't? Chris Coleman, Breda Hangland, Kit Simons, or Wayne Routledge. Question three. True or false? Crystal Palace have spent more years in the top flight than Fulham post-Second World War. Crystal Palace have spent more years in the top flight than Fulham post-Second World War. True or false? Question four. Name the season. In our first meeting at the Cottage with Crystal Palace in the Premier League, Fulham came out victorious with a 3-1 win. Andy Cole bagged the brace with Rosinski scoring the third. Andy Johnson was also on the score sheet that day with the Eagles consolation goal from the penalty spot. What was that season? Do you need me to repeat that one?
0: No, I think we're good. Go ahead.
2: Okay, question five. Our last Premier League fixture was against Palace at the Cottage. What was the score? Our last Premier League fixture was against Palace at the Cottage. What was the score? Okay, back to you, Don, because we'll review. We'll reveal the answers later in the show. This, this is yeah. like taking me back to the Mother Focus quiz. It's like a little reunion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then if you recall, I didn't do so well then. Okay, so as Danny said, we're going to uh, respond to those answers here later in the quiz. Hopefully, you guys uh, will be able to cheat a little bit and Google it, and you'll be able to know ahead of time. We will be doing that segment every part of our podcast or every show of our podcast. So hopefully, you will have better knowledge of who we are playing the next week. All right. Next, I want to move on, guys, to the most important part of our show, and that's going to be previewing the upcoming match against Palace. And in that preview, what we would like to do here at Fulham Focus is actually focus on one of our own players. And that player is going to be somebody who we think tactically or uh, is going to be key to Fulham Doing well and getting the result that we need to be getting in that game, whether it be you know a win or we're just going for the draw. Hopefully, we're never going for the draw. So, gentlemen, coming up against Palace, we're still playing a four-three-three. At least that's what he uh, Slav has been consistently playing. If we're going to continue to play the four-three-three, Danny, what is your key player or your key position that you think tactically we need to focus on for the Palace game?
2: Okay, so. My key player, I think it's, I think it makes sense, is Fabry, uh, because he's obviously been brought in as a ball playing uh, goalkeeper. I've I've not managed to get to any of the the friendlies this season, but from what I've seen and what I've been told, he's not the greatest overall, but he is a bit of a sweeper keeper. Now nah, we're not going to have as much possession as we did in the in the championship. I've said that already in this podcast. So I think his distribution with the ball is going to be vital. He's going to have quicker players chasing him down. He's going to have to be quicker finding that path. And in general, we just have to have a good game. I mean, realistically, we probably want to go into it and keep a clean sheet. I don't think we've conceded in in the last four opening day fixtures we've had something like that. Uh, We've got a pretty good record on the opening day. And... With the likes of Zaha, if he's still there, and Benteke and, ben Take and all, all those kind of players, uh, you, you know, Roy Hodgson is going to be very organised, good at set pieces. If he has a good commanding game and doesn't make any mistakes, then I think we've got a very good chance. But if he has a bit of a calamitous game, then his confidence could go very quickly and our season could start off very badly.
0: So... As you mentioned, this is going to be a huge game for us. I think, it, you know, it's A, it's the kickoff to the season. It, it's at Cut the cottage, uh, and it needs to try and set the tone for our upcoming uh, season. And a team like Palace, we would hope that we could beat, you know, at home. That is, it would not be a given, but it shouldn't be that big of a deal. It should be doable. Now, for me, though, the sad part is, Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. This is going to be the third season that Betts will sit on the bench then for the beginning of the season because Button came in uh. and he started the last two seasons, right, with with Betts sitting on the on the bench. And then Betts yeah. happened to prove himself and come back in. So this is going to be the third season that this could possibly happen, right?
2: He must be yeah. shitting preseason, is
0: not it? He? He's got to be <laughs> you, hating you this.
1: Argue, you can argue he's... Saved the season two years in a row as well. I mean, oh, absolutely dramatic as that. But since he came in, our defense did look a lot better. Um, maybe that's the plan. In six, I mean, maybe and
0: third, you uh, think that's the, the great great
1: plan? the greatest escape <laughs> I hope not.
0: I just um, feel sad for him because what has he got to do to prove? Hey, give him a shot at starting. At well, I not mean, this yeah. game, but the it's season. another level up, though, isn't it?
2: Can I just step in there? Like I was saying this the other day, it's very similar to what happened with Mate Taylor, and it was very harsh on Mate Taylor, but it was also justified at the same time because you couldn't argue with Van der Sar and goal. I mean, it was ridiculous getting someone of of that stature, and and 100 it was the right decision because in those early years, Van der Sar was worth 10 points on his own. So in 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 some respects, he kept us up. Uh, whereas this seems. I mean, until we see him, you can't really judge Fabry, But it seems like being harsh for the sake of being harsh. I mean, if you're going to replace Bentley, go for a better keeper, a more established one. I
0: I agree.
2: I personally think you know, he's a he's a he's a Fulham boy. You know, his dad's worked for the club for a long time. He's been there a long time. You can see how much it meant to him. Yeah, you know, he he did improve. He he was outstanding last year at times. So I thought he was deserving of a chance.
0: I, I agree. I mean, to me. He did very well on stopping shots. He distributed the ball much better than Betts did. So to me, when he became our starting keeper towards the middle to end of the last season, it was an improvement. I know a lot of people don't think so. I've I've read where a lot of people still think Betts and Butts uh, were right on line, very comparable. But I think uh, Betts was a better keeper all around, in my opinion. So it was very sad that he's to the bench. Or it looks like at least he's not going to be their starting keeper. Okay, so moving on, uh, Matt, I really want to do focus on this player focus portion of our our podcast. What is your player focus, your person who you think is going to be pivotal for Fulham in order to get the result they want? So kind of for opposite reasons uh, from Danny,
1: uh, I've got to go with Mitrovic. Um, You know, he's, he's home, he's back where he belongs. He's got his compatriot Slav to put an arm around his shoulder to tell him he's the best He's he wants to pick right off where he left off. He he's got a point to prove both to the Newcastle fans and Rafa Benitez who didn't believe in him, all the people who think his uh, his discipline's not right, all the people who think he's not good enough to make it at this level. Um, yeah, and he's so important to where we play, as I mentioned earlier. You know, he as soon as he came in last season, it, it transformed us into. Not quite good enough to the best team in the league, and the way the way Palace play, they've, as Danny mentioned, they've got some some great players going forward and some big strong players. And if they do keep hold of Zahar, I really, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. Uh, so I think we're going to need to score two to win, and to score two to win, Mitrovic is probably going to have to get at least one of them. So he he's he's going to be massive for me. And they've they've got quite a lot of big strong players, and I think Sako starts for them. They're well organized. It's going to be an interesting thing to see how he does against um, the step up in defence.
2: And he's a conf- confidence player, isn't he, Mitrovic? Absolutely. So if, he, yeah. if he starts well, then yeah, chances are he'll be on fire.
1: I think he's going to be absolutely pumping with adrenaline at uh, off
2: I agree.
0: I, th- I think he's going to be looking to prove himself and to say to you know Newcastle, look what you you let go, okay, and, and especially you know to the management and say i am what you you thought i couldn't be i am that person i think what you're saying also about him being confident i think a lot of that confidence though comes from the fans being behind him so i think as long as we're behind him support him and love him he'll feed off that and he'll get the job done or i at least i hope he's going to get the job done for us so my thing if i'm going to focus on a player and you both have, have gone from one Aspect of the pitch to the other. My concern, and you guys can correct me with what you think, but Slab's favorite formation is still this 4 3 3. Okay. And if it's done right and we did it right last season, it's all about the possession. And if you do the possession properly and you can get those outside backs up high in the field and into the attack, you know, it is just like a constant barrage of attacking. And With the possession, we slowly break you down. As Danny mentioned earlier, we're not going to have the possession like that in the Premier League. It's just not going to happen. And so for me, the key is going to be preventing any kind of buildup and counterattacks. And so my player to focus on is going to be K-Mac. He has got to have a fantastic start and a fantastic game because if anybody gets past him, I think we're going to be broken down, especially if we lose the ball in the last third. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Danny, do you you understand why I think K-Mac is so important?
2: Well, he was pivotal to the way we played last year. I mean, he was the the dictator. I think he controlled the tempo of the game. Uh, Kenny had all the flair, but, you know, he was was more than just a defensive player, uh, McDonald. He was like a deep-lying playmaker. And yeah, I, I I don't think he had many bad games, and that's why we did so well. He's he's also a leader, so you'd hope that yeah, you know, if he has a really bad start to the season, obviously it's all new to him. You don't want him to have a deflated start because if his head drops, then I'm not sure you look around and see many other you know people to pick him up. He's the leader, so if he has a good start, he was the engine of our team last year, and I, I think. I think it'd be nice for him, you know, because I think I think uh, he's one of those players that a lot of people are doubting is good enough for this division. Especially um, physically, he's not—he's not the quickest. So, yeah, I don't know, If he has a good start, then normally, well, generally, we will as well.
0: So, Matt, as we talked earlier, we're thin in a lot of places, or it seems thin a lot of places on this team. KMac and that holding kind of defensive midfielder who's going to help us with any kind of build up or any kind of counter attack stopping it putting it out to the bed if he's hurt who do you see taking that spot and if he is hurt like danny said potentially stepping up and being a leader on the pitch
1: yeah it's a good question um it's one of the like like striker it's one of those positions where we've really got one capable starting player um and a lot of question marks about anyone who's behind them. To be honest, I think Tim Ream might be able to step up as defensive midfielder. Uh, really? I know he's currently needed at centre-back because we only have one. But when Mawson's back and perhaps Chambers is playing and if they look good and there's a question about whether, you know, whether Ream is... There, there's, there'll be healthy competition and Ream might not start every game, as we mentioned earlier. Um, perhaps he can be useful there because he's he's got all the attributes for me. You know he's he's good on the ball. He's got brilliant vision. Um, his reading of the game and his positioning is, aside from McDonald, probably the best in the team. Um, so I think he could slot in there and and be useful. Um, that's that's an interesting. On. I like
2: I like that actually. I've never never thought of it from that angle before. But thinking about Ream's, uh biggest strength, I think it was when he was running back towards his own goal under pressure. And with a drop of the shoulder, you'd think he was going back to the keeper or kicking out of play. He could turn a player very quickly. Yeah. yeah. And I think in the holding midfield role, being able to, to turn like that and uh, face face the way we're we're playing, I, I think he could all I, in way in some ways. I think he could be better in the Premier League than McDonald. Yeah. Because He's I, I don't think
0: Maddo-
2: Yeah, I don't think McDonald turns as quickly with the ball. Like. The way, no, way Reem the way the way dro- dropped the shoulder. I, I'm not sure if he'll get away with that as much in the Premier League because Premier League players are better. But I, I mean, I hope he doesn't start there. But it's an interesting, it's an I like that, interesting angle. You got me thinking there. I hadn't there. thought about
0: that before, and that that's a, a really interesting point you bring up there, Matt, which actually makes me wonder about something else that a lot of people have been speculating online. And with you now talking about, those three center backs, you know, and the potential, a lot of people are wondering if we might not go at least every now and then to only three in the back. And if we did that, I could see, you know, Ream being on the left side and maybe, you know, Mason and Chambers being the, the, the other two to fill in. If we did that though, three in the back, Matt, do you think those three could be strong enough to pull it off?
1: Who do you lose to get the three in the back? It's the, Defensive midfielder, right?
0: Yeah, you got to push them up more.
1: Watching us play, I feel like we almost play with three at the back anyway, because McDonald drops deep, doesn't he? And the the, the wing backs push up, so you've almost got three across the pitch. Um, so from that point of view, it it might work, but um, I feel we we miss a bit going forward if we haven't got two on each flank attacking. You know, the, the reason we're so we were so strong last season is because we had the full backs pushing up and the the wingers in front of them you know they can they can give and go they can play passing triangles with one of the central midfielders and get in behind and i feel like we we might lose a bit of uh, the attacking threat if we play like that
2: it's it's a unusual system to introduce the week you start the season i think we would have been playing that all pre-season if that was the case uh have have, have any of those players ever played that system before with I three don't at the
0: think back. so. I don't think yeah, so.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it would be a weird thing to introduce now. Uh, I think we're we're probably and and as Matt said, uh, we wouldn't get away with the possession game because you would lose the McDonald. And I think without the McDonald, you don't dictate the midfield. You need that extra body in there to to um, have quick turnover of possession when you lose it. Uh, I think we'd be outnumbered because how many teams play with two in the middle now? There's not many. So you you don't find many teams that play two strikers. So you always end up with one that drops off and becomes like a third player in the middle. So I think we would be very outnumbered if we went 3-4-3 in the middle of the park.
0: I I understand what you're saying. I just, if you bring up those three players, you wonder if in certain games, he maybe would do more like a 3-5-2 or something. And we would pack the midfield and really just, attack, 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 and, and push. So, like I said, I want to go real quick back to Roy. And when it comes to Roy, he starts in the back, and he just builds his team, organizes his team very well from the back out, down the spine. So that brings us to, to the midfield when you're talking about Palace. And that brings us to their new French signing. I believe his name is Max Muir. He's German. He's German. Have, have you guys seen him? Have you read about him yet? Oh, yeah. like, is this a real threat we need to be worried about? Or do you think, you know, we just play our game and we move on? Uh,
1: he's he's a very good player. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, he was a kind of winger attacking number 10 type player. But in the last season, he's been played more uh, essentially, you know, in a kind of Moussa Dembele the first kind of way. So it'll be interesting to see where, where Roy puts him. Roy, obviously, he has a, a very um, rigid, organized system, but he does allow for creative players. And that looks to be Zahar at the moment. If he goes, maybe maybe the idea is for Meyer to, to fill in there. But, you um, say if
0: he goes, the rumor is that Chelsea are hunting for him real hard right now.
1: Yeah, and if Chelsea come knocking for him, then he's going to go, isn't he?
0: Well, I've, if I'm not mistaken... He has said, if they're coming, I'm leaving, that he would like to go.
1: It's good. good for him to say, isn't it? He's a team player. That we'll Even
0: think. though he just signed, if I'm not mistaken, he signed a new three- or four-year deal with, with them saying that he was staying put.
2: So... I mean, the, the, good, the good thing for, from our point of view with this Saha scenario is that this is going to go right to the wire. They're probably going to lose him right at the end of deadline day. Now, at the moment, touch we haven't really got that kind of situation. Yeah, we've got a couple of players that we need to bring in, but there's no real strong rumours of any of our players leaving. I don't think we're going to have that kind of crisis right at the death. So it's very unsettling for their team. If they lose a player like that on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, and and then they play us on the Saturday. So I think it's playing into our hands.
0: Well, if we're lucky, that's going to be what comes to be you know that maybe we bring in a few more players they lose Saha and it disrupts the team a little bit uh, it puts a little kink in Roy's plans and we're able to pull off a nice little uh opening win I want to move on guys no. uh go ahead Danny you got one last thing you want no, to say no, no
2: no just to say no, nice to have uh, nice touch to have uh, Roy coming back for our first game
0: oh it's huge isn't it
2: yeah no it's nice always nice to see him come back I hope he does well, except for when he plays off.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, Matt, you said uh, he was at the Wolves game, wasn't he? Uh,
1: he? He was at the Derby game.
0: He was at the Derby game. Uh, the game.
1: Yeah, I saw him up in the crowd. Uh, yeah, uh, he's got to have a soft spot. I've him in he didn't, he didn't want to come up.
0: Oh, uh, you know he's got a soft spot for it. He's got to have yeah. a soft spot for us,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, the rumor was he was scouting uh, Fredericks. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Which, just okay, I do fight. want
0: to go back to that real quick, okay? The one other thing that bothers me versus last year to this year, okay, Uh, and then especially from us going up from the championship to the Premier League, and that was in the 4-3-3 situation, you've got to have that one key player, and right now it's going to be K-Mac, that breaks up any kind of counterattack or, you know, uh, a fast buildup. Last year, we relied on Ryan and, you know, his speed. Actually, we relied on both lines a lot uh, to do this. But Fredericks was a key opponent uh, component about that. With his speed, he was able to come back and he was able to break things up consistently. We don't have that now. And to me, that's just one more reason why k has really got to be filled, aware, and know where he is, what's going on at all times. Do did, did you understand what I'm talking about, Danny?
2: I think it's a huge loss, but I'm not sure you can expose the... Weakness of most teams, slow players in the Premier League, the way you could in the Championship, because yeah, you know, most fullbacks in the in the Championship weren't as fast as Fredericks. A lot of them in the Premier League will be, so I'm not sure. I don't think Fredericks overall was a better player than Christie is. Uh, I think he he's, he had the edge because he had that pace, and you had to play him because he was so much faster than the oppositions. But in the Premier League, I don't think he will be. Uh, I don't think he'll have the intelligence to make the runs to make his pace uh, as, as effective as it was in the championship. So I'm not sure it's, it's as big a loss as it could have been. If, it, if we were still in the championship, I think it would have been a massive loss. But I actually think Christie will get more assists this season than Fredericksville. Okay. Christie's the better player, and he's got the better final ball into the box.
0: Okay. All right. All right, gentlemen, so I want to move on at this point. We're going to go into the next new segment of our podcast, and that's called the Prediction Game. This is an in-house game that we have started with our team. We've split the full and focused team into three different parts, one being management, that management being Danny, and our webmaster, Robin. The next is going to be our host that would consist of me and Morgan, and the last will consist of our current co-host. Now, with Matt being our only co-host today, I'm going to reach out to J Mac who is supposed to join us and I'll get him to predict offline what he thinks the next three fixtures that we pick are going to be. So gentlemen, the three fixtures for this week are going to be Fulham versus palace wolves versus Everton arsenal versus man city. Okay. I'm going to give, or actually Matt, why don't you do go first? Tell me what you think your predictions are going to be for each one.
1: Okay. Uh, Fulham 2, Palace 1, Wolves 2, Everton 2, and Arsenal 1, City 1.
0: Okay, so 2v1, 2v2, 1v1. Yeah. I will get, like I said, uh, J-Mac to give me his predictions offline. I'm going to give you my predictions now. I think Fulham are going to go 1v1. I think Wolves are going to go 1v0 against Everton. And I think Arsenal's going to pull it off, surprising everybody. I think they're going to maybe get 2v1. Now, I'm going to give you Morgan's predictions real quick. He thinks Fulham's going to go 2v1. He thinks Wolves are going to tie it up with Everton, 1v1. He thinks Arsenal are going to lose big, 1v3 to Man City. He thinks they're completely going to fall apart. Danny, what do you think?
2: You've got mine written down. I can't remember what I said.
0: Oh, you can't even remember. So Danny told us he thinks Fulham's going to go 2v0 against Palace. I thought he said 8 now. We're going to hold a a (laughs) clean clean sheet. We're going to hold a clean sheet. Danny believes in his his defense. He thinks Wolves are going to go 1v1 against Everton. And he also thinks Arsenal's going to fall to Man City 1v2. Now, Robin, he doesn't think the defense is quite as good as Danny. He's going 2v1 Fulham versus Palace. He thinks Wolves are going to hold a clean sheet. They're going to do 1v0 against Everton. And he thinks Arsenal and Man City are going to tie on opening day 1v1. All right, gentlemen, so we're going to move on. But before we do, listeners, I just want to let you know, we would love to hear what your predictions are for those three fixtures. Again, that's Fulham versus Palace, Wolves versus Everton, Arsenal versus Man City. Let us know online at Twitter or our Instagram account what you think your predictions are. Remember, the way we're going to play it is three points for a win, one point, correct score, three points for correct score, one point if you get the correct result, and zero if you can't do anything, it might be time to get into a different prediction game. (laughs) All right, guys, moving on. I want to give the answers to our quiz. I want to reveal the answers. And, Danny, I know you've got the answer sitting in front of you. So for question number one, The question was, who provided the assist for Kasami's wonder goal at Sawhurst Park? Matt, what did you give for your answer? Uh,
1: Sasharita.
0: And I'm thinking the same thing. Danny, the correct answer is?
2: Sasharifa. There you go. That lovely long ball over the top. Beautiful. Which
0: he received cross-body.
2: It was actually a really good pass. No one talks about the pass. It was perfect. But yeah. It was a
1: bit aimless, wasn't it?
2: (laughs) A little bit. It, lucky. Like, it, look, it looks good now.
0: If you guys recall, the second question was the odd man out. These four players played for both clubs. Three of them scored for both. Which one of them did not score for both clubs, though? Chris Coleman, Braid Hangerlin, Kit Simons, or Wayne Routledge were your uh, questions. I'm saying Hangerlin. Matt, who are you going with? Uh,
1: I've, I've gone with Routledge. Uh, I don't remember him scoring for us, but I'm up i
0: figured Hengelin didn't score very many times so i had a good chance with him danny what's well, the it, correct answer
2: it was actually a good question because uh the answer surprised me the answer is kit simons oh. uh, he scored 14 goals for Fulham. i think 12 of them come in that uh, amazing keegan season 12 goals for a center it's half in one 14. season um, kit Simons scored 14 goals for Fulham. Cool. yeah I didn't he scored like 11 12 in one season they, he's, he's a bigger hero
0: than, than people give him credit for.
2: Yeah, two promotions. No, forget about the management. But yeah, right. no, as a player, <laughs> I did a really good job as a player. Yeah, he, n- he never scored any goals for Palace, which surprised me. Most, uh, uh, what has got here? I've got it written down. Wayne Routledge only scored one goal. He scored in the, in the cup, the last minute against Leicester City, uh, the cottage. It was like a, like a good dribble. He ran around about six players. So, yeah.
0: The Hangerland scored for both teams. I would have thought
2: yeah, would. I don't know. I don't know how many he got for them, but obviously he scored quite a few important ones for us. So, yeah, no. All right, moving on it's, to no, question it's...
0: number 3. Question number 3 was Crystal Palace have spent more years in the top flight than Fulham in post second world war. Again, this is Crystal Palace spent more years true or false in the top flight than Fulham since post second world war. Matt, what was your answer?
1: Coin us true.
0: Done. Oh, I'm sorry. So you think it's true? Yeah, I gotta agree with you. I I think they spent more years. Right. What's the correct answer, Danny?
2: Correct answer is false. Uh, This is Fulham's 26th year in the top flight, and it's Palace's 19th. So there's seven years.
0: It's not that close.
2: Yeah, actually,
0: very impressive.
2: In European football, Fulham have played 47 games. Palace have only played two. Uh, there that's you go.
0: extremely impressive. one anyway. winner.
2: Very big on our history. When you okay. consider neither team has won anything, puts into perspective who are the bigger club. I think that if you take out the catch, big catchment area they've got for uh, having a fan base where they are, uh, I think it puts into perspective who's the bigger club. I think.
0: Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, question number four. And this was Can you name the season? In our first meeting, the cottage against Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Fulham came out victorious with a three to one win. Andy Cole bagged a brace with uh Radnicki scoring the third. Andy Johnson also got on the score sheet with the Eagles because he got a consolation goal from the from the penalty spot. What was the season? So for me, and I'm sure Matt, you're you gotta be thinking the same thing, it's gotta be in the early days. Um I was thinking it'd be that first two thousand three, two thousand four season. What do you think, Matt?
1: Yeah, I had it. I had it down as that one, or the one after. And I've gone for, I've gone for the same. O three, O four. It's O oh,
2: uh, the... four, O five. Oh, so so the the first season back at the cottage. Oh
0: man! Oh, oh, the key, the the hint, the hint. Yeah, I did yeah. not pick up on the hint. And uh, for you listeners that don't understand, Danny, you want to explain why it was the first season back at the Cottage?
2: Because uh, we uh, shared with Crystal Palace, uh, shared with QPR, didn't we? At lost the show for two years. Yep, you're uh, right. Well, I wasn't sure what was going to go on the ground. But thankfully, in the end, the ground was um, you know done up and, and all-seater because we wasn't allowed to stay there. Uh, Premier League rules, we had to – well, not Premier League rules, Football League rules, we had three seasons to uh, go from – all standing to all seater. So yeah, that was our after the first year in the Premier League, we had to to get it sorted. So we ended up having no choice but to go to QPR for two years.
0: You and I should have picked up on that, Matt.
1: Definitely. Definitely. All
0: right, gentlemen. So let's move on to the fifth question of our quiz. And the last question was: Our last Premier League fixture was against Palace at the Cottage. What was the score? I say. We won 1v0. Matt, what do you think the score was?
1: It, it was 2 0.
0: Yeah, two it was 2v2. Two two. Chris two Davis two. an
1: absolute belter.
2: That was it. Brilliant goal. Okay.
1: And Cody okay. Woodrow, wasn't it? The other one, weirdly.
2: Yeah, Woodrow got the first one. Yeah. So um, Woodrow is the only player in our team, in not he, that scored in the Premier League for them?
1: Yeah, you're he's right.
2: The, he's the only player in our team that's played in the Premier League for them.
1: Until Saturday when Mitro will join him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) all right gentlemen we're going to move on to the next segment of this uh podcast and again we want to start with the lineup for the next match so matt not to put you on the spot but what do you think the starting lineup might be against palace remember this lineup can include anybody you think might be coming in after the Mm -hmm. windows close, or during this last few days of the window closing or any new signings what do you think your lineup is going to be
1: yeah okay um seeing as we desperately need signings in defence, I think we're going to get two more. So I'm going to go with Fabring goal. Uh, hope for Target to come back. Uh, Ream. Uh, Chambers to come in. Cyrus Christie on the right. Uh, and we're going in McDonald's. Penny. Seri. Sessignon. Sherla, Mitrovic.
0: Okay. Danny, what are your uh, thoughts? Scherler and... You think yeah, Scherler will be I'm in the switch, middle Jamie. or off to the side?
2: I think, uh, I
1: think it'll switch. Switch
2: recess. Oh,
0: okay. That's
2: I think it'll be the same team, to be fair. Um, really? Yeah, I think we'll sign. So Chambers looks like he's nailed on. It's obvious that if he comes in, he, he's bound to go uh, next to Ream since Mawson's injured. All the rest of the team picks itself. I think we'll, um, Target will come in, I hope. I'm assuming. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just a matter of Scherler or on who plays on which wing, but I think they will be the two starters. Mitrovic up front. The The only position I would question is McDonald, I don't think, has played that much in preseason, so I wonder whether Johansson will play instead of him. Um, we'll just make it work. But, yeah, that, that would be the only one I would, I would question. I think the rest of the team picks itself.
0: Okay, I'm going to give my prediction, and... I'm not as optimistic as you gentlemen are. I think Southampton are going to be dinks and they're going to keep a hold of target <laughs> and they're not going to let them go. Um, I wish that would happen, but I just, I don't know. I don't see it happening. I really think they're going to be dinks. So my lineup is going to be this. And while I'd like bets to be starting, I think uh, Slav will go with fab. It'll be Christie. It is going to be Chamberlain. Uh, it'll be uh ream. And I think it's going to be Sess who's going to have to play in that uh, back role. I know, but I think that's what's going to happen. My midfield is going to be Siri, McDonald, and Carney. McDonald is really going to have to sit a little bit deeper and really play that holding defensive midfielder well. I think Siri and Carney will be tucked in more, and he'll be expecting Slab will be expecting Christie and Sessyon to be moving up and getting into the attack and helping us to hold possession as we play. I think up top it'll be. Just like we we started in the last little fixture friendly, I actually think we're still going to go with Kamara, Mitrovic, and Schuler. I think Schuler is going to be important, providing crosses into the box for us on the outside. I also think that it's going to be important that we have a lot of overlapping runs from both our outside backs and from Carney and Siri taking over for for the top corners this is something i think we were lacking last season we did not go to the corners as much we did not put in as many crosses until our final game and i want to see more of that so that's the game plan i'm hoping for am i anything different than than what i said
2: no i mean i gotta be honest don i found it hard to concentrate when you were talking because you're so you're so fascinating at uh, your pronunciation of the names—that all I could think of is—I really hope they sign that defensive midfielder. So you have to say his name on every show this year. So.
1: <laughs> and I really hope Floyd comes off the bench.
2: Uh, Floyd, I <laughs> and uh, I hope they sign like a Russian player with like a, a name with every letter in the alphabet. So, yeah, no, I mean, good choice, good team
0: okay all right as you guys know i am very bad pronouncing names
2: no you're not Uh, you're not bad you're just you're you're funny
0: no i'm awful and and i admit it that is my my one, one of my true weaknesses all right gentlemen i hope you guys had a laugh listening to me on the show i know uh i am not the best at pronouncing names hopefully you did enjoy the podcast though i want to thank danny for jumping in uh at the last minute and uh rescuing me from uh or rescue all of you from hearing just my boring voice and listening to matt who is obviously his uh, concrete and his wisdom when it comes to footballing knowledge but the last thing i do want to talk about is our full did matt, focus did matt
2: write that <laughs>
0: <laughs> matt did not write that i truly believe Say it it. again done i truly believe that so, again uh, last thing i want uh, to talk uh, about is going to be our fantasy premier league that full and focus have set up for everyone. Okay. And everybody is welcome to join. We really want to push this and get as many participants as possible. So on this, if you go to the website, correct me if I'm wrong, Danny, they can find the information. Yeah.
2: yeah you got, you got the information. Uh, but I, in
0: front, yeah. 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 But I'm going to list it for you. I just want you guys to know it is on the website. I'm going to give you, if you go to fantasy.premierleague.com. Okay. Fantasy.premierleague.com. I'm going to give you the numbers that you will put in to be able to join our league, okay? And I'm going to read them slowly. Seven, nine, two, nine, six, eight, dash, one, seven, six, six, nine, four. Real quick, if you missed that, it's seven, nine, two, nine, six, eight, dash, one, seven, six, six, nine, four. And that's at fantasy.premierleague.com. Please join us. We know you'll have fun this year. Every week or every fortnight, we're going to have our own Lucas writing about this uh, fantasy Premier League, okay? He's going to do a focus article on it, and he's going to give you tips on who to get into your teams and how to make your team better. As of tonight, though, let me ask you, Matt, do you have any tips that you would give our, our listeners? uh yeah um i'd
1: stick diego jota in uh of wolves Uh they've got i'm, I'm not as convinced as some people that wolves are going to have a brilliant season um but i think they're going to come out quite quickly because they, they've kept most of their team together and they've made some some good extra additions everton haven't really made that many signings um and they were a bit suspect at the back last season uh defense are, are a bit slow so I think uh, Diego Jota is going to um, have a field day against them. Uh, 6.5 million. And he also counts as a midfield player. So I think, if I'm right, uh, you get extra points uh, for midfielders scoring goals. Uh, he got 17 last year. I think he's, he, he'd probably be good for 10 or so this season. And he, he weighs in with assists as well because he always gets fouled in the box. So I think he might, uh, he might grab a goal against Everton.
0: Always gets fouled in the box. That's something to count on. All right, Danny, do you have a tip of the week by chance? I know I'm throwing you under the bus here, last minute and all.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I had not prepared one, but off the top of my head, I, I, you got to have a Fulham player in there. No, I don't, I don't care about winning it. You got, you just, it's a rule. You got to have a Fulham player in your fantasy football team. So, I'd go Cyrus Christie. Uh, I don't know how much he costs. He's in my right. team. I think, I think he was about four million. He's quite cheap compared to to most. Uh, of the you know the 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 obvious choice at fullback, so I think he's going to have a good season, surprise a few people, and he is more capable of of crossing from deeper than Fredericks was. Fredericks had to be on the byline in order to cut it back. I think Christie can mix it up a bit, and I think he will get a lot of assists this season.
0: Okay, there you have it. Those are our two tips from our co-host here. I want to go ahead and wrap this up because I know you listeners have got a lot to do and you're getting excited and you want to go off and be with your family. Now, got to do a quick call out though about our Q&As that are coming up and the ones that have been posted. So, if you haven't been to the website lately, that's com. please go and check out the, the latest Q&A with Eric Neville. I know you'll enjoy it. Don't forget though, we also have Dave's quizzes. So, as always, Please check out the website for the, our latest editions on what we have: Q and A's, podcasts, and our quizzes. Gentlemen, is there anything that you would like to say to the fans before we sign off?
2: Um, no, just um, you know, thank you for your support last season uh, with the podcast. Uh, we've seen it in the listens that we're slowly going in the right direction, and you know, it's, it's a big break for us being in the Premier League. We're not even a year old yet as a website, so you know, thank you for your support, and please help us spread the word.
0: Matt, any last words? That boy, he said. All right, there you go. Please, guys, like us, follow us, and hopefully you'll be listening to us again next week. I'm Don Love, and this is Fulham Focus.